0: Today on the Ag News Daily Podcast.
1: Folks, there are a lot of businesses out there today that I don't want to be involved in, but I'm proud to be called an agriculturalist. Think about the nobility of what you do worldwide.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Friday. It is Delaney. What day?
2: It is De Mayo,
0: cinco de Mayo. I am Miguel Pearson, co-host <laughs> of Ag News Daily, and joining me is Delaney. How do you translate that?
2: I don't know. Um, I don't know any Spanish names that start with a D.
0: La Delaney Howell is joining me here. We are very excited to be coming to you from uh, from this day, this Friday. We had the opportunity this morning to travel up to Nevada, Iowa, and hear the first policy speech. ...by our new Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. And that is what we will be playing for you today for our interview portion. Delaney, what did you think?
2: I thought he had a lot of good things to say. He touched on the ethanol and cellulosic industry. He briefly touched on budget. And he really just wants to bring a united front for agriculture with this new administration. He thinks trade is very important and that agriculture is a backbone of america's economy
0: yeah he really came out swinging on behalf of the ag industry and there's a great line and it's either in the speech which we'll play today or it was in one of his answers to a question where he said you grow it and we'll sell it he is a uh, gosh i wish i could find that quote i wrote it down it was that good but it was something about how uh he is he is very proud to stand behind agriculture and uh, whatever we do he's gonna back us 110 percent and uh, I had the chance to sit down with him and a few other folks before his talk, and it was really interesting to hear him listen to people from the Midwest. These were cattle feeders, corn growers, uh ethanol plant operators, uh grain bin salespeople, and uh, manufacturers, and took in all of their comments all of their questions was very very thoughtful i was really impressed for, on a very personal level this is the first time i'd spent any time around sunny purdue he would listen you could tell he was listening actively uh, he'd take a minute to think before he responded and really really gave me a lot of hope he said one thing to me was really impressive he says farmers are increasingly agribusiness owners i mean we are you are if you're in production agriculture you own an agribusiness and he said one of the challenges that we face is that farmers are beloved in this country everybody loves the farmer nobody trusts an agribusiness and it's so crucial that we bridge that gap to help them realize that most agribusinesses are just the same as farmers or they're family owned and so on and so forth. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to to see what he does. He talked about making the USDA f- uh, customer focused, mm-hmm. making the NRCS a one stop shop where you won't be interrogated when you go in. Mm, pretty pretty interesting things. We'll just see how much actually happens.
2: And I I think there's only so much he can do. But yeah. Yeah, he really doesn't want to have the USDA be a bureaucratic structure from what he said in his speech.
0: Yeah, he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. And I can see why Trump selected him with that business person's background, but also then governor of Georgia. He's got some political experience. I think he knows how to how to play the game in D.C. So, and, you know, it's just great to listen to it, that Georgia accent.
2: <laughs> I also really like the fact that he, I mean, he he has a... A status or he had a status prior to becoming secretary but he really doesn't have the same kind of status that president trump had or other politicians he was relatively what's the word I'm looking for? Low profile, I guess, before this. And I I think that that, I like that personally.
0: Yeah, I I think if you're outside of Georgia, the name Sonny Perdue for me and Delaney Mm -hmm. probably for you was kind of like, oh, who's that?
2: Yeah, right.
0: And so now he's out there and and he said that. He goes, you know, I'm from Georgia, but we grew or he sold corn, beans, and wheat through his grain elevators. And he goes, you know, I'm up here to learn. I'm up here to learn about farm policy. I'm up here to learn what works in the heartland. And earlier this morning, Friday morning, he was at a... uh, a Cinco de Mayo breakfast in Des Moines where he had breakfast burritos with the uh the
2: Iowa Food and Family Project that's which is right. sponsored by the Iowa Soybean Association
0: that's right and Kristen uh Kristen Clark was there who's been yep. on the podcast and he just he just dropped in by all accounts he just <laughs> like like you know, went up and whoa hey look burritos and and hung out <laughs> for a little while yeah. which is pretty cool yeah. I think that's yeah. that says a lot about him and, Yeah, I was really impressed. So we'll get to that interview today. That's what we're going to be listening to. Not interview, it's, uh, we've got the text of a speech, a relatively short speech, Mm -hmm. but he did do a question and answer period afterwards. And um, we've got to do some editing on some of those questions, but we will get those out uh, either this weekend or next week. Delaney, what do you think? Next week, probably.
2: Next week, I would say. Yeah, you got yeah.
0: classes to plan for. Yeah,
2: the, and one of my classes ends Sunday, so I need to take my final and watch a few more lectures before that happens.
0: <laughs> I'd watch the lectures first, yeah, probably, and then take the final. Yeah. Yeah. took me a few years to get through school. <laughs> took me a few schools to get through school. <laughs> but the one thing I, I did let's learn see, is
2: we that, got four schools, Mike, under the belt.
0: Yes, yes, that is correct. Uh-huh. Four schools. I, I did the uh, the sampler platter.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Nice. So okay. So you got that going on. What else you got going on this weekend?
2: Farmers market tomorrow.
0: That's right. We talked about that a lot yesterday. You're very, mm-hmm. excited. very excited. Now tonight is Cinco de Mayo. Yes. You are young. You're in the city of Des Moines. You've got all of this freedom. Are you going to make it to the farmers market after I, celebrating Cinco I de Mayo? I really
2: hope we will make it. I think our plan is to go early enough that we can come back home early enough to make it to the farmers market tomorrow.
0: Oh, you're going to go out on the town early yeah. enough. I got you'll come back get a good night's sleep. Yeah. I thought your plan was to go to the farmers market <laughs> oh, while you were still, <laughs> you know. I don't
2: think that And that's then get true.
0: back before the hangover started. Like oh, race too. it home. I can feel the headache coming. I need water in a bed. Boom. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, I don't think I'll do that.
0: Okay, probably good. Probably yeah. good. All right. Well, let's see. Anything else uh, we need to be talking about?
2: Hmm. What are you gonna do this weekend? Build, finish your duck. Finish your duck hatch.
0: Yes, naked? gonna finish my duck house. I got so close yesterday. I got all of the uh, chicken wire strung up. I still have to finish the roof. But what's killing me is painting. Painting. I like to paint. Do you really? Yeah. What are you doing this weekend?
2: I just told you. (laughs)
0: Skip it. Because what we have to do this weekend, my wife and I kept the first house we bought when we moved to Grinnell, and we've just been renting it out, and our tenants moved out, and they burned the carpet, and they left stains all over the walls, and it's gross. So we're painting (laughs) the kitchen Mm -hmm. and the ceiling and the cabinets and putting on new hardware. We put new carpet in upstairs last weekend. Uh, If anybody out there is looking to rent a two-bedroom home in the town of Grinnell, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know. We'll... uh, You'll take it as is. That's the key. I don't (laughs) want to go. I'm sick of painting. So anyway, do the rental house and uh, finish the duck house. And uh, Yeah, I think that's probably it for my weekend. Mm. Help a neighbor plant possibly.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Thinking about doing it today, but still a little squishy underneath. A little little chilly underneath. Sometimes
2: aren't quite high enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Next week, though, for our part of the Midwest, looks good. Mm -hmm. All right that's all i got delaney should right. we move on to news or is there more to discuss i don't want to be the one always pushing <laughs> us into news
2: i think that there's been enough we've discussed enough
0: okay what news the people do you have come here for the news i think you're probably right
2: i hope so at least yeah maybe they just like hanging out with us I yeah think.
0: yeah welcome folks all right what do you got for news delaney <laughs>
2: uh well speaking of weather due to the high rains that we've been getting in the Midwest. A 15 mile stretch of the Mississippi River near St. Louis has been closed to barge traffic. And that is up 18% from the week before. Um, the St. Louis area saw almost four inches of rain between uh, the week of April 26th to the 29th. And that is a problem for those that are trying to get grains up and down the river.
0: Yeah. Yeah, also. I mean, we rely on the, uh, the Port of New Orleans down there to. Port of Southern Louisiana, I forget what it's called, to get all that grain exported and get it out to our buyers. But yeah. geez, all this, and it looks like more rains in the forecast mm-hmm. for the Southern Mississippi Basin. Yeah.
2: And I don't know what day exactly it closed, but it said it's not, they're not planning to move barges again until May 9th. Oh. So that's kind of a long time for them to be closed down.
0: Yeah. What's today? Fifth. Today's the 5th of May. Right. right. Cinco de Mayo. So four days down. Yeah. yeah. And I guess. And well, I guess maybe if these rains come far enough south, they can reopen it mm-hmm. there. So maybe okay.
2: that's a conversation we can have on Monday when we do Monday markets.
0: That's right. That's right. We will certainly look into what that means for the cash market. Um Speaking of, you know, I don't have a segue. So the other piece of news that came out today on the national scale was the jobs report very positive numbers. The April employment numbers show positive news. The uh, unemployment rate dropped to 4.4%, down from 4.5% in March. That's the lowest it's been in the past 10 years. And of course, that does not take into account those not looking for work. But we did add 211,000 jobs in April, which was uh, very good news after March when we only added 79,000. And this comes back to what we talked about yesterday, Janet Yellen saying the economy is improving enough. This would be a feather in her cap to bump those rates again at the Fed's June meeting. So that's what we can count on there, I would imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Secretary Perdue had a lot to say about labor, but I'm sure that's something that he is considering or working on as he transitions into his role here.
0: You know, I caught the very end. Uh, he was surrounded by reporters. It was kind of a push and shove type situation. And somebody asked him, what about immigrant labor mm-hmm. on the farm? To the, alluding to that story you talked right. about yesterday. And he said, President Trump is very serious about getting rid of the criminal element. Basically, anybody it sounded like who's been convicted of a crime. And uh, Purdue's going to do what he can to support that. He believes the same thing did not expand on it much farther. So again, that was just 30 seconds right at the Mm -hmm. end. I'm sure he was hot and trying to leave. (laughs) I'm sure we'll hear more about it in the
2: future. Yes, I'm sure we will too. Uh, The only other story that I wanted to mention coming out of White House, as we're talking about those that are being confirmed for the Trump administration, it is hopeful that Scott Gottlieb, which is the nomination for FDA commissioner and lighthizer which is the u.s trade representative nomination those are hopefully going to be both confirmed as early as wednesday of next week
0: great news great news great news Um, that's we need to have those folks in there
2: i think they they have to at least scott gottlieb has to gain cloture first and then they are hoping to get his vote in on wednesday and then lighthizer is hopeful by the end of next week to get that in.
0: All right. Yeah, we need a trade rep in place because right here, now I do have a segue, (laughs) the uh, Secretary of Ag, Sonny Perdue, and acting trade rep, Stephen Vaughn, who will be replaced when... uh uh, Lighthizer is officially approved, said that the EU has amended its requirements for imports on U.S. citrus. Basically, the EU has always required U.S. citrus groves be surveyed for citrus canker, and now they have dropped that. And uh, Secretary Purdue said something here in response to this that he said repeatedly today, and you'll hear in his uh, speech he says, "Quote at USDA, everything we do is grounded in sound science. So it is good to see the EU has seen that our disease management program protects our citrus products, and that relying on science versus uh, some kind of an ideological background is something that Secretary Purdue mentioned repeatedly today." Mm-hmm. Well, we do have a little bit of other news. Farm banks increased lending 5% in 2016. Basically, as you'd expect, uh, they do say asset quality remains healthy. At the uh, 1912 farm banks, non-performing loans have fallen to a pre-recession level of 0.54% of total loans. So that is, uh, broadly speaking, good news for the U.S. banking industry, good news for farmers who rely on those banks to uh, gain credit.
2: I have one other quick mention here I just noticed. Um, Japan is seeking for fast-track action on the TPP deal without the United States and wants a concrete plan for execution by November. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So they're seeking that from the group of TPP would-be signers? Yes, I okay. so. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Well, I wonder if that's gonna have any effect on the markets.
2: I don't know. Why don't you read us today's closing market prices?
0: I certainly will. Let's start here. We've got one spot of green in the markets today. No, two, excuse me. We've got corn on the upside. May corn closed up three and three quarter cents, ended at three sixty one and three quarters. December corn up four cents, closed at three eighty-eight and a half. In soybeans, the May contract dropped two and a quarter cents, finished at three excuse me, nine sixty-three even. The November contract up one and three quarters closed at 966 and a half. Looking down at the wheat market, Chicago wheat up one and a half cents closed the day at 427 and a half. The December contract up three and a quarter cents closed the day at 476 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat may up five and a half cents closed at 438 even. September contract up five and three quarters closed at 466 and three quarters. Mwamp, mwamp, mwah. It's a sad trombone, Delaney. Do you know why I'm doing that? Oh, I, I just looked at the cattle markets. Is it limit down? Limit down. June live cattle down the limit, three dollars, closed at one twenty-eight thirty. August contract also down the three dollar limit, closed at one twenty-one seventeen and a half. Feeder cattle, same story. The May contract down four and a half bucks. That's the limit in feeders, closed at one forty-three seventy-seven and a half. The August contract also limit down, and really limit down September, limit down October, limit down November. August closed at 153.42 and a half. Lean hogs mixed trade. The May contract up 40 cents, closed at 69.40. The June contract down 15 cents, closed at 76.32 and a half. Milk once again second positive day in a row. Milk up 14 cents, closed at 15.83. All right, Delaney, should we see what Sunny Purdue has in store at the USDA?
2: I think we should.
1: Know Senator Grassley is famous for his tweets, and when I met with him in his office, I said, "Senator Grassley, who tweets for you?" He said, "I tweet for myself." So uh, what he had tweeted was was warning a Secretary of Agriculture from a particular section of the country that was above a certain line we call the Mason-Dixon line, but uh, when I when I met him at that uh, inauguration lunch, and I, I really had to chase him down, you know, he's pretty active, and I had to go over there and chase him down and his wife, and I said, Senator, I need to speak with you. I'm Sonny Perdue, and uh, you need to know that I got 12 grain elevators. All we do is corn, wheat, and beans, and I sell to an ethanol plant. He said, you've been reading my tweets? I said, you bet I have. <laughs> so I think he was a little more comfortable then, but I knew he was going to like me because my heart's in agriculture. I know he's been used to a Iowan former governor as a secretary of agriculture, Tom Vilsack, who did a great job. But I want to tell you something, Senator. I want to tell you all your family out here. I'll be happy. To be an adoptive Iowa son here as Secretary of Agriculture. Great people. Meeting the Kowser family, uh, special. And we were talking upstairs here before we came down, and we talked about maybe the diversity of agriculture all across the country. It's different a little bit in Georgia than it is here. It's different in, uh, obviously, the northeast and the far west. But really, the people are the same, and and they're hardworking. And, And if you could have heard what I heard this morning about this farm family and their scientific, biologic efforts of doing what they're doing here. Folks, this just doesn't happen. And what they're doing is spreading across a very technical, scientific type of production system that's not only grows healthy, wholesome food, but also grows a healthy environment, and that's why it's great to be here on the Cowser Farm. Bill, you said it. You looked across over there and said it started there. I think it probably started out here. And uh, will you grow in those crops, understanding that we're such an abundant, productive agricultural community across the U.S. We've got to have to find markets for those. And you know, when uh, the prices were low, uh, you needed another outlet, and that's what you all and your 700 investors came about and said, we can do better. We not only can grow food and fiber for the world, but we can grow energy for the United States of America. And that's exactly what the ethanol industry has done. So uh, thank you very much for your uh, for your innovation, uh, for your creativity in doing that. And I want to thank Congressman King for being here. We've had a great discussion. And uh, I want to tell Senator Ernst, too, not only do I have a knife, I've used that knife before. And uh, <laughs> uh, it was like I told Senator Leahy there in the committee, Senator. He said, well, you know about dairy? I said, Senator Leahy, I can still taste that old slimy Holstein's mouth, cutting tail cut me across the mouth as I milked on a cold January morning. So I tell you that for a little authenticity, you know. <laughs> You don't forget those tastes and sights and sounds there. In fact, uh, when I, having grown up on a farm, graduated as a veterinarian, and then uh, been in agribusiness since the middle '70s, the people of Georgia want to know, well, what qualifies you to be governor? I said, well, it's pretty simple. I've already got the boots, the glove, and the shovel. So, uh, and uh, we needed all those. And you, you cattle guys out here, you will know what glove I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is great to be here and, uh, it's great for, this isn't my first visit to Iowa. It's my first visit to Iowa agriculture here. I've loved your outdoor sports and have participated in those in Iowa. You got some nice deer and some wily turkeys and those kind of things and, and that I've enjoyed and pheasants. So, uh, I've been a participant in that, but it's especially to be here, uh, as Secretary of Agriculture knowing Uh, what Iowa contributes to American agriculture and I want to tell you that President Trump wanted me out here to let you all know that he understands that American agriculture is vital to the US economy and he understands that Iowa is vital to US agriculture and that technology and science is vital that as we continue to learn not only you have to be good producers like the Cowsers are. We've got to be great communicators. And to some degree, in the United States of America, we have become taken our abundant, safe, affordable food supply for granted. It just doesn't happen. The men and women of agriculture, represented by the Cowsers and many others here today, uh, work very hard day in and day out. And, and Tim put it best. If he, he, I like the way you said it upstairs, if he went and made a presentation to Shark Tank talking about the investment and then putting it all on the line year after year after year with the kind of expected return, they would laugh him out of there and wouldn't give him any money. But that's what our farm families do all across this country, year in and year out. And I just want to tell you, thank you. For you all, particularly, but as you represent the farmers and ranchers of America, God bless you. You're part of our national security. Thank you very much. It's great to have uh, people with a heart for agriculture in the Congress, like uh, your senators and like Congressman uh, King, that know how people live on the farm here in Iowa and help us develop uh, farm policy. I'm out here to learn really all over about that. And this uh, the innovative techniques that are grown on this farm here and to to communicate those best practices. We've had something in agriculture for many years called extension service where we share best practices. But what we also learn, those are scientists and professionals and communicators from our land-grant universities that do basic research. But what they also find is they can also learn in reverse engineering, seeing what innovative people like the Cowsers have done on their farms, they can take them all across and spread that virally across the uh, across the rest of best management practices in agriculture generally. So these are these are it's a the farm community doesn't have uh, secrets. They like to share what works, and that's the great thing about being in the farm business and the agricultural business is we share with one another, and the American people, I'd say people all across the world are the beneficiaries of that sharing, and the productive capacity is just astounding. I've told the president that American agriculture is absolutely the most productive, the most technologically advanced, productive manufacturing process we have in America today. And that means that men and women all across this country are working like the Cowsers to make that happen. So how do we... (laughs) You know, we got a lot of hard-working people in the USDA, and uh, some of them are great communicators. In fact, I'm looking up here. They wrote me a 17-page speech now. <laughs> Would you all rather me do that or talk from my heart? Okay? There you go. So uh, I, 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 I hate it because I don't say what they tell me to say, but they should have known I was going to say what I wanted to say anyway. <laughs> but anyway, uh, my heart's in agriculture, and we're going to make sound science, facts-based data driven decision because that's what works, isn't it, Bill? That's what you've done here. If you could hear him describe, I hope the press caught the fact that the degree slope on these monoslope barns, how they are designed just for the right protection in the winter time and in the summertime, these are technological scientific types of calculations, both engineering. I look at these I look at these fine young folks over here. I'd rather look this way. Uh, uh, I, I look at these fine young FFA folks here. You see what a diverse crowd we got here? And and think this is the future of agriculture. And these young people, along with Tim and his age, are going to be the ones that communicate the great story of agriculture. Coop, I don't know where you are, but God bless you. There are men and women across this country working with FFA day in and day out. These are the leaders of America and not only in agricultural production, but in leadership and in communication and in, in, in telling the story. No longer can we just be good good producers. You can't be just as efficient as the cows or family in crop and cattle production, but we got to be great communicators. We owe it to the consumers of the United States as well as the world to let them know that we are concerned about their safety, the wholesomeness, and the nutritional capacity of the food they consume. They deserve to know, and we ought to be able to tell them. As I said, Bill, we ought to be unapologetic about how we do things in animal agriculture. And I'd love for the activists to come here to your farm and see how well those cattle are cared for, how you treat them, and how you, how you move them around in a way that, uh, that helps him. You, you said something earlier today I thought was pretty neat. If, the, if our young people of America were as vaccinated, healthy, as cared for, fed as well, we wouldn't have a problem of health in America today. So that's a testament of what you're doing to these cattle. And uh, So what are we going to do about trade? Governor Branstead and I going to go to China and sell all the Iowa beef we can, right? And, uh, you know, I told the people upstairs what you all did here in Iowa in 1984 is having impact in 2017. You know what you did? You were hospitable to a group of five young Chinese men that came to Iowa to learn what was the magic and the majesty of American agriculture. And you treated them like you would treat me coming in. As friends, as neighbors, and you were hospitable to them. You know what? That made an impression on those five young men. You continued that relationship. Governor Brand said was part of that. You continued that relationship, and guess who one of those five men are today? The president of the second largest economy in the world, President Xi of China. And he remembers. He remembers your kindness, he remembers your hospitality, and Bill has hosted and Nancy have hosted, uh, people here will, the Chinese will tell you. They want American beef, and we're going to figure out a way to get it to them. These are technical discussions that are tough, but we're going to stay at it because people do business with people, and we want them to trust us that we're sending them a wholesome, healthy product. We're going to bring them to places like the Cowder family and show them how that beef is produced. We're going to take them to the processors and show them how it's handled there with good employees of USDA inspecting that beef That USDA stamp is a good housekeeping seal of approval worldwide. And that's what people want. We trust it. And the USDA has built their reputation over trustworthiness. We're trustworthy because we tell the truth. And that's what we want to be known, Bill, as truth tellers. Tim, when we go out and tell the truth about what we're having, inviting people into our homes and on our farms and ranches and and say, take a look and tell me what you think, then we're going to convince 99% of the people of of the the value of american agriculture and that's what we hope to tell that story all across the world so are we going to sell it we're going to sell it you grow it we'll sell it and we want to do that obviously farm labor is a challenge in many parts of the country i told the crowd upstairs one of the things that i love to come to iowa i'm a family guy uh 45 years ago i married a lady that we met on our first date, she said she'd never do that again. But uh, we've been married 45. What I didn't know then, that she was such a prolific grandmother. we got 14 grandchildren. And uh, family is important. Extended family is important. And what I see when I come to Iowa is family is important. Multi-generational family. The love of the land, the love of what we do. Think about what a noble cause it is. Folks, there are a lot of businesses out there today that I don't want to be involved in, but I'm proud to be called an agriculturalist. Think about the nobility of what you do worldwide, whether it's pork, whether it's soybeans, whether it's corn, whether it's ethanol growing energy independence for the United States. Think about that. The nobility of what we're called to do is a pretty awesome thing. That makes me sleep good at night, thinking about what we contribute worldwide. Our new motto in USDA is do right and feed everyone. We've got a hungry world out there, and we've got to be more innovative and more creative going forward than we've been even in the past. we got to think about by 2050 how we're going to feed as much food production as as we've had over the last 8,000 years. It's exponential, folks. When you see the curve, a hungry world, a growing middle class outside of the United States, the middle class of China, uh, number-wise, is a parity of the United States. And guess what they want? When they get more money, what do they want? They want good cows or beef, don't they? And that's what we want to get for them. That's what they want is good food. They want better protein. They want, uh, they want pork, and they want chicken, and they want beef here. And they know and trust when it comes to the United States, and that's what we want to do. So we have a great story to tell. We're going to work on trade. We're going to work on farm labor. And I'm so proud of the president. Don't you like a politician that does what they say they're going to do? And uh, when the president came to Iowa and said, we're going to roll back these onerous, unproductive regulations that we put on American society, particularly American agriculture. Did you think he'd do it? You know he's already started doing it. And that's the good thing. He's rolled back some. And just last week, he signed an executive order calling for an interagency task force, uh, of which he charged me to chair with EPA, with labor, with energy, with commerce, and with many other Uh, inter-agencies. This president is committed to have Team USA, a holistic government that works for the American people and not against it. And that's the kind of guy I want to work for. So I had one farmer tell me one time, told the president last week, he said, Mr. President, He said, my farmers at home are scared when they step their foot out of the pickup in the morning, they may be violating some federal rule or regulation. And that's where it's gotten to. We want to let farmers farm again. We want to let ranchers ranch again. And we want to grow food for the world. We want to do right. It's an ethical component to that. We want to do right, honestly, transparently, but we want to feed everyone. And that's what we got the capacity to do. When you look at the productive capacity, These production capacity just doesn't help. You ought to talk to the soil scientists over here, Nancy and Bill and Tim, about the things they do and the cover crops and how they generate a living biological organism of soil that is productive. And that's the kind of thing we're going to continue to do more of and the challenges out there. So I'm here in Iowa to learn. I'm not here to talk, but I'm here to learn. That's why I came to a very progressive Uh, farm where the cows are known for their innovation of uh, doing things right and feeding a whole lot of people and also using everything. Um, Bill took great pains to explain to me the the intrinsic value of that kernel of corn and how many products it can do. If you go out and see his feeding operation here, there are various components of that. He's using everything. And in agriculture, we can't afford to waste anything. And ultimately, as we have the challenge of feeding nine billion people, young people, we can't afford to waste. We've got to be more productive and more creative, more innovative. And that's where you guys will come into being. So God bless the F of A. God bless our God bless Iowa farmers, and God bless the United States of America. Thank you.
2: Again, that was Secretary Perdue's first policy-driven speech since his confirmation into office. We will be bringing you extras, which are the questions that were asked at the um, town hall meeting in Nevada, Iowa, either this weekend or more than likely early next week, I would say.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting. There was about, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of speaking, and then followed up by about 30 minutes of questions. He was very diligent about listening to everybody who stuck their hand up, and uh, really did a very thoughtful job of answering them. So we will get those out to you as soon as possible. In the meantime, I would encourage all of you to subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music, as well as be sure to tell all your friends. And I've got to give a shout out to my sister, Katie Baltic. Gave us a great review on Facebook And I didn't have to pay her anything So (laughs) thank you Katie I don't actually know if she listens But she at least likes us on Facebook I encourage all of you to check us out on Facebook Search for Ag News Daily Same story on Twitter Find us at Ag News Daily With that Delaney Should we let the people go?
2: Let's let them go